You're listening to Faith Assembly of God Online, a recording of our weekly service. Thanks for joining with us, the place where hope and reality converge. Come on, if you're sitting next to a great mom this morning or a great woman, let them know it today. Yeah, you can do better for that. She brought you into this world. You can do better than that this morning. If you really love your mom, let her know it right now. If you really love your mom, I, uh, I've got no shame. I am a mama's boy. Somebody should have warned my wife before she married me. But, uh, it, but I, I think mama's boys make great husbands, but they just love, uh, they, they love special moments. I, I uh, thank God for my mom and for her gift and blessing and uh, so good to see you here today, all of, our, all of our moms, even if you're not a mom, glad you came to church today. And if you came to church for your mom, thank God your mom got you to church. <laughs> now that you know your way here, come on back next week, all right? Mama got you here, now you can find your way back next week if you haven't been here for a while. So come on back to church. This morning, if you have your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we're continuing in a series that we've started entitled Decent and in Order. And today we're going to continue that and uh, looking at growing in the gifts of the Spirit. That as we, as we have an understanding of the gifts of the Spirit, as we recognize their purpose or the gifts of the Spirit, what God has called us to do, that we grow and we're built up together. We kicked this off last week. We're going to look at it again this morning. Let me just give a quick review last week. Our theme verse for the, for the next series is this, that uh, Paul is telling the Corinthians that the gifts of the Spirit are to be in operation, but he says this, but everything must be done decent and in order. It's almost that ending that he puts together on that scripture, that what we do must be done decent and in order. And we looked at, at what that means. Something that is decent and in order is recognizing the motivation behind it. That when it's decent, it's done in a pleasing way. It's, it's, it's a, a, not just appealing, but the appearance is appropriate. That it's done in an appropriate manner. That it has to do more with the motive behind what we do. How many know the why matters more than the how? How we do things is important. But why we do things is even more important. When we have the right why, we can represent the right how. But if it's all about the how and we don't know the why, we might be out of order. It might not work properly. We talked about having the right motive and, and as well uh, being in order, things that are built upon. We're going to uh, uh, look at that this morning. But that we want our church service, what we do and how we grow as the body of Christ. If we're going to grow well together, we need the gifts of the Spirit. Somebody say amen. That we need the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation in the church, not in the church building, in church people. Let me say that again. We need the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation in the church, not the building, in the people. The church is not the building. The church is the body of Christ. We together make up the body of Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. It's not enough that we have the gifts of the Spirit on the inside of the building and it doesn't go along with us. God doesn't baptize a building. He baptizes people. He calls people to, to works and to the things of God that we would serve God with the gifts that, that he's given us. He's given each of us a gift. We talked about the goals that we'd have. And I want to just, I just want to hit a quick review uh, last week as we kick this off. We, we recognize that here at Faith Assembly we have some house goals. And our goals, this is what we're all striving for together. And here's number one, the, the letter G, that we are guided by the Holy Spirit. If you agree with these, say amen. 
that what we do is guided, I'm sorry, guided by the word of God, that, uh, that what we do is guided by God's word. We want the decisions we make, the way that we act, the things that we do to come from the word of God. We don't want culture, we don't want opinion, we don't want ideas, we want the truth of God's word to guide how we live and what we do. That's decent and in order. The O, we want to omit distractions. This is so practical, but how many know that if we're going to experience God in a greater way, we need to get rid of distractions. You're not going to experience what you're not anticipating. And if we're distracted, if we just come and, and, uh, and we look at practical things, even in our church setting, to remove distractions. We are in a culture where we have more and more distractions around us than ever before. Right? I mean, their technology just adds more to it. There are more things to shut off to make sure it doesn't distract. It used to be just don't talk. You know, you used to just have to shut your mouth. But now it's not just your mouth. It's other things that, that distract. We have, to, we have to turn off so that we can focus. And I pray, uh, we, we don't say, hey, turn off your phones when you come to the church. Because we put up the Bible app and, and you version live. We, we want you to engage with that. But we're saying to us, hey, let's not be distracted. Let's not, let, let's not bring distraction to others. Let's set an environment that allows us together to grow in the truth of God's word and in practical ways so that we're not just coming to church to punch in the clock and leave, but we're coming to allow this to impact, to allow this to, to, to filter and have its way in us. Uh, the, the A is that we're all, uh, all contributing, that this is our goal at Faith Assembly, that all would contribute. God has put a seed inside of each and every one of us. When you come to Jesus, Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a seed. The seed's plant on the inside. When each of us come to Christ, God, his, he's put the seed of the kingdom inside of us, and that seed is to produce a gift. Now, your gift might look different. Paul says this. Some have the gift of, of tongues, of prophecy, interpretation, healing, miracles, words of knowledge, discernment, different gifts. There are different gifts that are in the church, but there are different. God gives those to different people. We have the same seed, but it might produce in a different way, in a different variety, different form. Why? What's the greater purpose? So that the body of Christ might be built up. Amen? It's not just so that you can be built up or that you can receive something, but that you might contribute to what God is doing in the body of Christ. We're in this together. We're all a part of this. The, the L is we look out for others. We're making a commitment here at Faith Assembly that our goal in growing in the gifts of the Spirit, to allow God and who He is, really His real presence to grow in us, that we need to look out for one another. This is, this is not uh, about what we what, what is best for us, or what is about us? Paul said these words last week. We looked at it. Paul says, I don't look out for what I want. I don't go after what I want, but what is best for the body of Christ. What, what is helpful to the body of Christ. And the lastly, and we ended with this, stay hungry. That we, if we're going to grow in the gifts of the Spirit, and we're going to allow God to grow in us, we've got to be at a place of hunger. Somebody say amen to that. If you're not hungry, you're not going to get it. <laughs> if you don't desire it, you're not going to grow in it. You've got to desire it so that you can grow in it. If you don't want it, and if, you know, let's be honest, if this doesn't matter to you, if this isn't important to you, uh, there's a reason why chemistry was not my favorite class. It wasn't important to me. That's no offense to you who love chemistry. You love chemistry. I loved writing. That was my thing. I put me through history and writing and English. I, that, I like that. That's my area. That's stuff. But God has put each of us in that area. You you desire what you're hungry for. This morning, if you have your Bibles, 1 Corinthians, I want to look at week two here. And if you do, uh, are able, would you stand with us as we, we read this word today? Looking at things being done decent and in order. Last week was our house goals, that we are running after the same thing, that we have these goals. We're all in this together and uh, recognizing that. This morning, I want to take a look and uh, just share a message entitled, Growing Up Right in Front of Our Eyes. 
that is so insensitive on Mother's Day because how many know moms and parents already have an issue with how fast kids grow up right in front of our eyes? But this morning, I don't mean to be insensitive to the whole thing of how it changes, but I want us to catch this morning what it needs for things to be done decent in order that will grow in the gifts of God, will grow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit is uh, understanding that we grow up right in front of our eyes. Chapter 13, verse 8. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge. These are gifts of the Spirit. He says these gifts of the Spirit will become useless, but love will last forever. He's making a distinction here, and here's the two distinctions. He's ha- he has two camps that are in place. One is the gift of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, and the other is the fruit of the Spirit. How many have ever heard of the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. That these things, that they have the gifts of the Spirit. There are the gifts of the Spirit, and there are also, or there are the fruits of the Spirit, but then there are also the gifts of the Spirit. And he's saying here, the gifts of the Spirit, they're not going to last forever. They're going to become useless one day. But the fruit of the Spirit, which love being the first one, love will last forever. Forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. How many know that time of perfection? I know you're standing beside someone who is so perfect to you. They're perfect for you. They're perfect in every way to you. But even though you live with someone who is perfect, we do not live in a perfect world. We still live in a world that that is not yet perfect. How many agree with that today? That the world has not yet been made perfect, but when we come, when Christ, when we are with Christ, it will be perfect. And he says, then we're not going to need the gifts. But until then, we still need the gifts, and they're for today. The gifts are still for today. Verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, look at your neighbor and tell him, grow up. It's coming right from Scripture. We just... Applying the word of God, that's all. Just want the word of God to be practical. He says, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. I I like that, puzzling reflections. Or yours might say through a glass dimly. There's glass pieces that we're looking through. And piece by piece, we're getting a better picture. Little by little, we're getting more of a perspective. He says, all I know now is impartial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely just as God knows me completely. You might have to flip the page, but look at 14, verse 18. Going over to chapter 14. Paul is continuing, and he picks it, he, he, he continues in the letter that he's writing, and now he's addressing uh, spiritual gifts again. Verse 18, he says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. But in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. What things? The things of the Holy Spirit. He's saying don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babies when it comes to evil, but be mature in understanding matters of this kind. It is written. That I speak to my people through strange tongues and through prophets and through to foreigners. But some will not listen to me. But I want you to hear this part. He says, I don't want you to be childish in these matters. So we're praying today, God help us to grow up right in front of our eyes. God help us to grow up in this place and in this, this area that we might experience what God has. Father, I pray your word would, would come and, 
and uh, God, just do a work in our hearts that we would have wisdom and understanding. Lord, not according to where we've been or what we've seen, but God, according to the truth of your word and where you're leading us. I pray this for your glory in Jesus' name. And everybody who wants to grow up even more and more said amen and amen and amen. As you're seated this morning, just tell your neighbor, I'm growing up. Tell them I'm growing up right in front of your eyes. I'm growing up. Some of you might have to say I'm growing out right in front of your eyes, but I'm growing up. I'm gro- <laughs> We're growing right in front of your eyes. I, I know that uh, without a doubt, as I said already, an insensitive title on a Mother's Day because I am a father, not a mother, but I have this recognition that I don't like how fast things change. Uh, this happens in our home on a regular basis. Jalen is the culprit. She will find my hard drives. She will pull out the hard drives, and they will begin to look at old family photos and, and videos of the kids through the years, and everybody gets excited. Oh, remember that, remember that. And I'm standing in the back saying, yeah, I remember. That was fun. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the guy that doesn't like it. I don't like the fact that everything's changing. I don't like that I've got a, a uh, soon-to-be senior uh, going to a, into his last year of high school. I don't like how things happen, and it seems like it just happens overnight right in front of our eyes, and, and this change that takes place. In fact, here's some of the, the pictures that we came across and, and how change happens. This was when we were youth pastors, the last year of us being youth pastors at Faith Assembly of God. This is what we looked like when we left here as youth pastors. That was 10 years ago, and you'd see, and then we, we went into a new stage of our life from youth pastors, and we went into being Youth Alive missionaries, and there we gathered again, and the little pigtail girl that couldn't even look at the camera is now long hair, and, and, and uh, just the, the things that take place, the next stage of life, there's all these changes and transformations, and then I got facial hair, I tried to grow up, I'm just saying, I'm going to be a man, this will do it, this, and then I'm going to go fishing, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do man stuff, I'm going to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do stuff. And, and so you, all the change and things that we go through. And then this is our family just recently. And you notice how things change. Some of you have been a part of our family for this whole journey. Some of you have watched our family grow up. You've watched me grow out. You've watched things happen in our life. You've, you've been there in the journey and you look back and say, man, it happened so fast. You know what it's like of, of the, the, the things that come along and someone might say, well, the wisdom of everything happening. And I don't like the fact that so much change takes place. And someone might say in their wisdom, well, it is what it is. I don't think that's wisdom. I'm not sort of, it is what it is. I say this, it's the way it's supposed to be. Think about it. Because i got to be honest with you. When I look at the pictures, my gut is kind of like, oh, I want to go I can't get those moments. How many know what I'm talking about? And it's not so much that I'm frustrated or angered, but it's that sense of, man, I miss those days. I miss those moments. And we can sometimes get caught up in what I'm missing. And listen, here's the perspective, though. When I have the right perspective, I've got to learn that, yes, it causes a sadness in me that I can't go back to that day of being dad of the little daughter that I'd have to rock to sleep every night. And I did not mind it at all. And we tried to do that today, and it's like, okay, get up. I'm done. All right. We're done. Because then they all pile on and they all just jump on board. But I, those moments are different. But listen, God didn't give me children to make memories. 
God gave me children. Actually, God did not give me children or make me a father so that I could have memories. He made me a father so that my son and daughters might have a mentor, a leader, to someone to set them forward. God didn't give me children to make it about me to have something to celebrate in my moment. God gave me children or gave me to my children that they might have a leader, someone to influence their life. It is not just celebrating what has happened in the past. It's recognizing that we're setting momentum for the future, that we're building on top of of blocks and it's layered and we're continuing that we're we're building this piece by piece and we have to understand because sometimes we can get so caught up in the good old days or I miss those days there's nothing wrong with missing what used to be but the problem is when I encamp in that area and I make it all of what it used to be and I try to go back and regain a moment that in the natural I can never regain but I have to have the perspective that God didn't give me children to give me memories. God gave children, gave children a father so that they could be set with momentum. It's not about your memories as much as it's about your momentum. It's not about you making memories. It's about us making momentum in the kingdom of God. It's not about you having memories to hold on to. It's about the kingdom of God advancing and momentum moving forward that his kingdom might be built, that it might be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's why God has called us to come together as the body of Christ. But we get sad sometimes when we say, well, I can't go back to that moment. But what changes it when I have the proper perspective, and even when it comes to family, God did not make me a father to have memories. He gave my children a father so we could have something to build upon. Let that sink in. Let that gas gather in your heart because Paul is saying when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, he says, I don't want you to be, not ignorant in this place, he says, I don't want you to be childish. I don't want you to have a childish perspective and a way of looking at these things. I want you to see in the right perspective of what God is wanting to build. Now listen, some of you might be here today and you say, you know, I, I'm not from a church like this. We don't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm here to tell you today, it's in the Word of God. And, and I'm not in any way of saying, well, we're better. No, I'm just saying we're doing our best to live what the Word of God says. And if it's in the Word of God, I'm going to say, God, help me understand it. Even when I say, God, that doesn't make sense. Because what we can tend to do is say, uh, I don't get that when I don't understand it. Let's tuck that away and let's just focus on the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And we can do that. But I would say to you today, I'm not arguing today to say, should we be a church of spiritual, of, of, of spiritual fruit? The fruits of the Spirit or a church of the gifts of the Spirit? I'm telling you, we need both. It's not one. And what we can tend to do is say, well, I understand the love, joy, peace, patience, and that all makes sense, so I want all of that. But the other stuff, I don't get the prophecy and tongues, healing, knowledge. I don't understand that, so let's put that away and let's just do this. The danger of that is that we miss out on the building of what God wants to accomplish. You can't build the church without the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the church is God's doing and God needs his tools to do it. Here's the way I can say that. You want me to build your church or build your house, and I say, man, I am great with Lego blocks. Let me build you a home. I can build you a home out of Legos. I've been playing Legos. I can build you a home out of Legos. How many know that if you want someone to build your house, you want that person to use tools that are relevant to their gifting and to their skill and what they're able to do? In the church, the church belongs to Jesus. It's God's. And if the church is going to be built, it's got to be built with his tools. His, 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 his building blocks, what he's using. And he speaks so clearly that the gifts of the Spirit are for the day, or for today, that are for the building of the church, that the church might be built up and might go forth, that we would benefit one another, and that the kingdom of God might advance. The gifts are for 
today, that we are people of the Spirit. We're people who need those blocks at work in our life. Now, I know this is, I want to hit this this morning, and we're going to look at this uh, next week and for the next couple of weeks. We're, we're talking about some of this really hard-to-understand stuff. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I mean, a Pentecostal preacher, growing up in Pentecost all my life, this stuff is not completely easy to understand. But that's why we need the Holy Spirit to bring revelation and to give insight. Because what we've committed ourselves to is we are going to live by God's grace and to the best of our ability, we're going to apply what is in these pages. That's our goal. I'm not going to abort this because this is the lifeline of hope. Heaven and earth will pass away. Governments will come and gone. Leaders will rise. Leaders will fall. But the word of God will remain forever and forever. It will be from the beginning of time until the end of time. His word that is spoken. And we are saying we want the full counsel and the wisdom of God's word to be applied in our life. We want the gifts of the spirit. That we want the presence of God to grow and to be activated in our life. So let me just try and take a moment to teach real quick. And you're going to have to come back next week because we're going to dive into this. And In fact, my wife said, you're really going to say all that on Mother's Day? <laughs> I, I, this is where we are as a church, that God help us to grow in the spiritual gifts. So here's some things I want you to understand. I know you may have grown up in a church where they didn't, you didn't uh, believe in or practice the gifts of the Spirit. But we, of course, as we've already said, and, and uh, we read the scripture, these things, Paul says, they don't end until God comes back to take his church, until Jesus comes back for the church. So until Jesus comes, these things are in operation. Words of knowledge, gifts of, uh, of healing, and all the spiritual gifts that are in, in the church today. I want to look specifically at tongues and interpretation. I realize some of you may not traditionally understand or, or have experienced this, but these gifts being for today, I just want you to hear this, and mainly for those of us who have grown up in the church, I want you to see something that is so important because if we don't have the right perspective, we'll miss what they're supposed to accomplish in our, in our, in our church. I want you to see the scripture in 1 Corinthians 14. And the reason I want to hit this is because Paul is addressing the church and Paul is saying one of the big issues. We already talked last week that Paul is talking to Corinth and Corinth had become a city that was, uh, uh, i just tell you this, uh, they built a tabernacle. The Greeks built a tabernacle where they could worship the God of sex. That will tell you how messed up the culture was, okay? This was, a, this was a messed up culture. Perversion had come in and all of the issues that are going on. Here's what Paul, Paul of course, is addressing He's saying that the people have become, they've taken on a culture where everybody does what makes, them, what makes them feel good. They do what's right in their own eyes. How many know we live in such a culture today? That, that's, that's infiltrated in our own way of experience today. We do what seems right to us. And Paul is saying that that, that mindset has crept into the church. So much so, and here's what happens, that there were people who were practicing tongues, praying in tongues, and they did it not in its proper perspective, but they did it as a badge of, I've got this, and they did it as a status symbol. And it became abused. It became something of what I do. Like, you know, sometimes we can just wear a status symbol, that we can go to church but not really know how to be the church. We can do things of religious things but not allow those things of value to get into our heart. We can, we can put the makeup and, and, the, and the, the components of religiosity and things that look good. We can put those things together but not really get it on the inside. And Paul's saying, you've got this when it comes to the gifts. You're practicing these gifts but you're forgetting about the fruit of the Spirit. You're, you're highlighting the, the uh, gifts of the Spirit but you're abandoning the fruits of the Spirit. That's a problem. 
And there can be some times in our camps where there are some churches that might say, well, we don't do anything with the gifts of the Spirit. We're all about the fruits of the Spirit. And then there are other churches that they might be, well, we're all about the gifts of the Spirit and we don't focus on the fruits of the Spirit. I'm telling you at Faith Assembly, we are a church of the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. They work together. It's what is accomplished together and the need for them to be that we grow in the gifts and grow in knowing God better and better. That we would know God more. And here's what it was that unfortunately the gifts of the Spirit, specifically tongues, became a matter of status symbol and became more of, hey, look at me. I can live however I want to live, do whatever I want to do, but at least I do this. And Paul is saying there's a problem. And Paul is addressing that. And so he talks a lot about speaking in tongues because that was out of, out of bounds in their church. And in Corinthians, here's what it says. I want you to see what tongues and interpretation. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2 and verse 27. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be speaking only to God. When you speak in tongues, you speak only to God. When someone gives a message in tongues or they pray in tongues, they're not speaking to man. They're speaking to God. Let me give you the other verse, verse 27. But if no one is present who can interpret, that person must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God. How? Privately. There is this part, and here's what I want you to see. That when, we, when there's someone who maybe received the gifts of the Holy Spirit as we pray in tongues that they are for today, we pray in the Spirit. When we do that, we are speaking unto God, not to man. The interpretation must follow when it's done in a church setting. Paul says if it's not an interpretation, then that person should have been silent and just prayed to God privately on their own. But in a church setting, there needs to be interpretation. Here's what I want you to hear. That when someone prays in tongues, they are always praying to God. But when someone gives the interpretation, they're not interpreting what the person is praying. They are interpreting the response that is coming from God. Catch that. That's important because I've heard people in some settings who have said, why does it seem like the tongues, the message in tongues was this long, but the interpretation was only this long? Because the interpretation is not the verbatim what was said to God. God doesn't need his message interpreted. God knows the message. It's spoken unto God. He needs the interpretation that when it comes back, it is God's response. The Holy Spirit puts a prayer inside of us and becomes such a prayer. Have you ever had something so strong in your heart that you just couldn't put it into words? You felt it with such passion? How many know what I'm talking about? That's where the emotions take over. You've had it with such passion that anger sometimes, don't raise your hand, but how many have responded because such passion you got angry? Words aren't enough, I got to slam something. How many know what I'm talking about? I'm feeling this so much. I have a passion and a spirit that's so strong in me that it's more than words. What Your emotions then begin to communicate what's going on. How many know what I'm saying? We do it in the natural. That our emotions take over. Now we have to learn to control the emotions. We even have to learn how to control the things that come but in, in the spirit. That when the spirit, there's something, God births something in us, and it's more than what words can say. And it's more, and the spirit begins to groan. The spirit begins to speak on our behalf. I can't even put it into words, but God is doing something in my spirit. And I begin to pray unto God in words that I don't even know because I'm praying not to man, but I'm speaking unto God. And the spirit begins to pour out and communicates to God something that my words could not even put together. Some of you have experienced that. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And when that happens, that, out, that, that outflow, it's not even an outburst. There are times as we pray in the Spirit 
There are times for me that if I'm in the sanctuary, I'm even sometimes in places, and I know there's some of us that might think, man, that is crazy. I want you to know we have committed ourselves. If it's in the Word, we want what's in the Word to come. And by the way, if you haven't seen what's going on in culture today, it's crazy. It's messed up. It's weird. So I'd rather be crazy over something that's in the Word that's been lasting forever than to just go along with a tradition or along with something that's here today and going to be gone in a few months, years, whatever. If we're going to be called crazy for something, I'd rather be called crazy because I'm following something that has been around forever and will hold true. That I'm growing up in the things of God. I'm growing up in the Word of God. Does this make sense to anybody? And I've got 10 minutes. I'm going to wrap this up in 10 minutes as a gift to all the mothers. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. I can do this. I can do this. All right. Listen, no, in all seriousness, we need the Spirit of God to speak on our behalf. And when that happens, we are speaking unto God. So to be quite honest with you, tongues is a gift that is, that, that is given for today, but the tongues are not as important as the interpretation. Why? Because the gifts are meant for the body of Christ. Now, if someone doesn't interpret, then that person should have prayed privately to God. And Paul says this, that they would build themselves up in Christ. There's a time where I'm built up privately, and then there's a time where we're built up corporately. But every time we're built up corporately, we need the interpretation or we need prophecy. Paul says this, prophecy. He says over and over again, prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. Why? Because we need to be able to hear clearly. And we're going to speak in a couple weeks about how to hear the right sound, the, the proper sound. So you've got to come back for that. Because we're laying out a game, or not, not, we're laying out a standard of how we at Faith Assembly believe the gifts are meant for today and according to God's truth that we might practice them and that we might grow, not to just have experiences in the church building, that God would not baptize a building, but God that God would baptize people and we would go and the works of the Spirit would flow not in this place but out of this place. I want you to listen, this is the heartbeat of this preacher. God is raising us up that our greatest days are not going to be what God does in the church. It's going to be what God is doing outside of the church, in the marketplace, in the workplace, in the public place. That the presence of God is going to infiltrate and work in us that it will empower what is out there to the glory of God. I don't know if you agree with that. I don't know if you're okay with that. But I told you I'm going to get done in 10 minutes, so here I go. We need the gifts of the Spirit. Understand that when we speak to God, that it, or when we pray in tongues, that's speaking to God. The interpretation is not... The interpretation is not interpreting the prayer that was prayed to God. The interpretation is saying God's, is giving God's response and God's word to us. Okay? That, that's important. That, that's important. I know, and I know um, th this morning we're going to look at that a, a little more in a couple, uh, a couple weeks here. I want to hit this part as I close. Here's what Paul says when it comes to growing in the gifts of the Spirit. If we're going to grow in the gifts of the Spirit, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babies when it comes to evil, but be mature in understanding matters of this kind. What kind? What, what matters? Spiritual gifts. I want, Paul says, I want you to be mature. On two places, he says, don't be childish. You ever notice that when you have a childish way of looking at things, you miss the real perspective that you're supposed to have? Let me give you some childish things in honor of Mother's Day. Some moms can relate to this. Here's some childish things that we say, and here's some childish ways that we need to correct and get, get behind, especially when it comes to growing in spiritual gifts. Number one, here's a childish response. Mine is better than yours. You ever heard any children say that? You ever hear any adults say that? I mean, that when we carry this, this attitude of mine is better than yours, I want you to know this today, faith assembly, 
is not better than any church in Fayette County or in the United States. The Assemblies of God is not better than anyone else. We are the body of Christ. If something happens at another church, we don't say when, when, when there might be a, a splintering or something happens at another church, we don't brush our head and say, whew, thank God that wasn't us. No, we mourn with those who are mourning. We are affected by what body of Christ. We're not just a body of Christ because of what goes on here. We are the body of Christ as a whole. We're not better than anybody else. We don't have what they don't have. We are the body of Christ together. We together make up the body of Christ, and we need everybody to be a part of that work that God is doing in our world and in our community. We don't carry this attitude of mine's better than yours. Well, we have these gifts, so we're a part of a good church, and you don't have those at your church. No, we don't carry the mind's better than yours attitude. We don't look in comparison. Paul said these words. He said, he says, I speak in tongues more than all of you guys because they were making this, this status thing. Paul says, I'm, I'm right up there with you guys more than all of you. But Paul, the moment he says but, is putting it in its place. He says, I could be right there with you guys, but that's not the point. That's not the emphasis. It's about building up the body of Christ. It's not about competition, being better than. It's not better than. It's better together. Amen? We're not better than anyone else. I'm not better. God has called me to a ministry, to a gift, and the gifting that God has given me is not better than the gifting he's given you. We are better together. When you do your gifting, I do my gifting, you do what God's called you to do. When we do what God has called us to do, that's where we improve. That's where we get built up. But until we allow that to happen, we miss the building that needs to be taking place. Mine's not better than yours. Here's number two, another childish way that we need to put behind us is this. Have you ever heard a child say this? I want it. Yeah? I want it. Here's a childish way that we can want what others have, and it becomes a jealousy. Whenever we want something, this jealousy, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come because when they start playing, it helps me shut up. So uh, they're going to come. Y'all are going to have to come back next week because this is, I, I, God's setting a course and an order for us that we might grow as the body of Christ. How many want what God has for us? We need to grow in the things of God and, and prepare our hearts for those things to develop. Now, I know they're beautiful, and they're walking up, and they're distracting you right now, but do your best to pay attention to these words as we close because i got just a little bit of time. All right, here's, here's this one. Saul was the first king of Israel. How many know Saul's purpose was to honor God, and it was to defeat the enemies that were against God, the Philistines mainly, the, Elimel, uh, the uh, Amalekites and different... Paul's or Saul's job was to defeat the enemy. But how many know what happened to Saul? Jealousy got in his heart. And instead of going after the enemy, catch this. Saul, instead of going after the enemy of God, began to go after the next move of God. Think about it. Saul, instead of going after the enemy and removing the stuff that would get in the way of what God wanted to do, Saul became jealous and jealousy caused him to lose sight instead of fighting what stood in the way of God moving he began to fight the next king that God appointed to lead that sometimes when we carry this attitude of I want it it could be jealousy that sets in here's another one that we can carry sometimes I had it first I had it first you ever hear a child say that that's a childish way and Paul said this earlier he said do you think this all begins with you when this, this attitude of, of I had it first, Saul was carrying that attitude. I was king first. Saul's saying, I want, I want my name. In fact, Saul even built a monument to himself. 
please don't ever put my name or my picture on anything. If you do, let it be after I die because I don't ever want it to be about me. I don't ever want my name or my picture or anything. I don't want the Lamer Worship Center. I don't want the, the in honor of. I don't want my name on anything. This isn't about anything to be set up for any. I want just that Jesus Christ would be glorified, that we would see Jesus seen as the great I am, who he is. I'm saying that because Saul let something get in him and it became him fighting for what he wanted to preserve rather than allowing God to prepare him for what was going to be next. We'll give you the last one. The last attitude we got to get rid of. The childish ways. Aren't these childish ways? Mine first. I want it. Here's the last one. The last childish way we need to get rid of is, is just simply this. You ever hear a child say, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. When uh, Paul says, when it comes to evil, verse 20, I think it is, he says, when it comes to evil, be innocent. Be innocent when it comes to evil. But when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit or the things of the Spirit, be mature. Did you catch that? Be innocent when it comes to evil. But don't be innocent when it becomes the gifts of the Spirit. I want you to be mature there. Be innocent with evil. What's, what's innocent mean? Innocent means to be inexperienced, to not have any experience in. And Paul's saying, when it comes to evil, you don't need to experience that. But when it comes to spiritual things, I want you to be experienced, and I want you to be what? Mature. You ever have that moment, you know what it's like? That kid that says, I don't want to eat that. I don't like it. I'm not going to eat it. You ever had that? Have you found out like me that there were things you didn't want to eat when you were a kid, but now today you're like, man, I enjoy that. Why didn't I eat that then? Liver is not there yet. I don't know where that one's, that's not there yet. Liver's not there yet. But asparagus? I mean, mom, please don't. And broccoli? Maybe it's all the cheese. I don't know what it is. But, but there are things that when I was younger, I didn't want to eat. How I many, you follow me? Here's what I want to challenge you. I don't know if you're a part of this church, you're just visiting, you're, this is home, I don't know. But I'm telling you, for our house, here at Faith Assembly, we are saying to God, God, I don't understand all of the gifts of the Spirit. But I'm not going to say to you, I don't want it because I don't understand it. I'm going to say, God, I'll take a bite because when I taste and see, you'll begin to allow me to experience. I'm going to allow this to get in me. I'm going to open my heart. Rather than closed off saying, now let's just do the love, joy, peace thing. Let's just do the gift, the fruits of the Spirit. Let's just, we understand that. We get that. We know that. We can use that. I get that. Let's just do that. We can camp over there. But I'm saying to you, we don't just need the gifts or the fruits of the Spirit. We need the gifts of the Spirit. Here's why. The fruit of the Spirit will build you and I up. The fruit of the Spirit causes us to grow up. But the gifts of the Spirit build the church up. Listen to this. The fruit of the Spirit causes us to grow up. But the fruit of the Spirit, or the gifts of the Spirit, I'm talking fast. Y'all have to make sense of that. I'm getting ready to play, pray because y'all got to go. fruit of the Spirit is so that you and I can grow up. The gifts of the Spirit is so that the body of Christ can be built up. God's building a church and He said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He's building His church. He's building His church. He's building His church and He's using 
his building blocks. He's using his tools, his gifts that he's given to the body of Christ that we might proclaim who Jesus Christ is to a world that's lost and dying. You might be here today and you say, I don't like that. I don't want that. I'm not forcing it on you, but I'm saying, don't be childish and miss out eating some vegetables that later on you'll find out, man, they're not that bad. Don't miss out on something down the road. And so here's what I want you to catch. Little by little. What does Paul say? That when we have the gifts of the Spirit, that Revelation gives a part. It's like a puzzle piece, a mirror. The piece is being put together. It's the piece is being put together. I'm going I'm to admit to you today, I don't under, understand everything about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And if someone comes along and says, I've got this figured out, then God bless them. I'm not going to say whether they do or they don't, but I'm going to say, God, I want to know you more and more. I want to grow in what you have given us. And so here's what I need to do. I need to not be innocent when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit. I need to begin to experience it. Here's how I begin to experience it. Listen, here's your walk away. God will never use you corporately until you first allow Him to use you privately. The gifts of the Spirit are developed in the private places alone with God, when you begin to seek God, when you begin to pray, and you begin to desire God. Now, some of you might say, well, man, that seems foreign to me because you only go to church to seek God. I, I want to say to you in all kindness and love, that's religious. There's no, I'm not putting down anybody's religion, but Jesus didn't come to make us religious. Jesus came to make us alive. Jesus didn't come to make us good people. He came to make us alive people. He didn't come to make bad people good. Someone said it this way. He didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. That's what he came to do. He didn't come to give us religious rules and laws. He came that we might know him and grow in him and reveal him to a world that needs Jesus Christ. Some of you haven't seen my kids for years when we were gone. Remember that time, some of you that grew up around us? We were gone for a while, and then we came back. And some of you said things like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe how much they've grown. And you say that to me, and I'm like, but I was with them all the time. To you, it looked like they just came out of nowhere. But to me, it was, no, they just kept growing. How? Little by little. You look at your year, and my, I've got a son. He's going to be 18 next year, graduating from high school. And I say things like, how did that happen? And I realize I'm saying, wow, 18 years, they went so fast. But if I break it down, it's 18 years. But it's also how many months? How many days? How big? How did we get to 18 years? Little by little. Say it with me this morning. Little by little. Little by little. How are we growing in the presence and the gifts of God? Little by little. In the private places of God's presence, I'm growing. And he's revealing things to me. And little by little, little by little, we're growing. Your marriage, little by little, is becoming more like Jesus. Little by little, little by little. Don't give up on the building blocks because little by little, it's putting the pieces together. And little by little, God is building his church. And he's going to do something great. When it happens, we're all going to stand there and say, wow, how'd that happen? But we're going to look back and say, oh, it was a faithfulness of just going little by little. Honoring God, building in the presence of God, being in the presence of God, little by little. What looks like a miracle is not often a miracle, it's just God doing little by little. Little by little. Would you stand with me this morning? Just tell your neighbor this morning, say it's okay. 
I feel like I just went on the super duper looper at Hershey Park. You get over the loop and all of a sudden you get to the end. It's like, what? Hey. But Jesus, Mother's Day, I'm going to get you out of here. But I want to encourage you to come back and grow with us. Because God, he's little by little, he's shown us and helping us to know him more and more. Little by little. Is that okay? We're not going to just end. We're going to dismiss and y'all are going to celebrate mom. And we're just going to chew on this all week. Is that okay? Then we're going to come back and look at it some more and say, okay, God, how do we, how do we apply this? Where do we go? Where do we go? Because he's building a church. And I want to be a part of what he's building. As he puts all the pieces together, decent and in order. I'm excited. I wonder if there's anybody else excited. If you're excited with me, then at the end of this prayer, shout amen. Father, make us your people. Help us to be your voice. Help us to be the building blocks upon which your name is proclaimed. God, fill us with your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody that agrees with that said, hey, happy Mother's Day. I hope you'll come back next week because we're going to keep building little by little, little by little. Thanks for listening. Tune in again next week.